And welcome back to another edition of the On The Board Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Sean Young, the mic. As always, joined by my main man, my co-host, William Cherucci, a.k.a. Will C. Will, happy wind-down Wednesday, pal. It's been a while since you've done a show on a Wednesday. How are you, man? Doing good. You know, can't complain. Birthday was yesterday. Uh, for those of you that are probably listening, it'll be Thursday morning for sure. But it's been great. And, you know, just... Feels good to be 30, you know, not, I'm not feeling anything yet, but you know, it's feeling great. That's good. That's good. Well, I obviously texted you uh, uh, yesterday, but let me say for everybody, happy birthday again, pal. Well, don't let anybody tell you you're on the wrong side of 30. The only thing that's going to change is something me and you already have. Well, and that's called gray hair. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you have it yep. already. I have yep. it already. That's the only thing that's yep. gonna change. Yep. Like the bones stay the same, same, and the skin stays the same, so on and so forth. So, hope you had a great, great day, pal. Thank you. Oh, definitely, pal. Well, let's get into it. Um, some NFL. Obviously, a week from tomorrow, the Jets play the Broncos. Well, probably the most competitive game that the Jets have played uh, so far. Had a chance in the fourth, couldn't get it on the fourth down, and then the Broncos with that Melvin uh, Gordon run sealed the deal. So, yes, they lost, but, you know, it – but, well, they at least played hard and they tried, which is obviously something that I'm sure you and all the other fans of the Jets wanted to see. So, well, obviously they're 0-4. They got the Cardinals coming into town this week. But before we talk about that game, What's your thoughts on the game that was against the Broncos? Well, first off, you know, for everybody out there that wants Adam Gase gone, including myself, it's a hard reality pill that's going to be here. He's going to be here for the rest of the season, I feel. And, uh, you know, with everything that's going on with Adam Gase, make no mistake about it, he's the coach for the, for the foreseeable future right now. And for everybody out there that wants him gone, think about it like this, right? If you were to get rid of him and then have an interim coach here, whether it be Greg Williams. And Greg Williams might have been on that chopping block as well because this defense has been just as putrid as the offense has been. But make no mistake about it, the Jets need to find some sort of balance here because ultimately we know that Adam Gase is on the chopping block and we know that Greg Williams is probably going to be on the chopping block here as well. And the whole coaching staff for Adam Gase is going to be on the chopping block. But really – it's the growth of Sam Darnell. And for everybody out there that keeps on talking about, well, Trevor Lawrence, this, he's going to bring in change. This next head coach is going to bring in change. Whoever it may be, whether it be uh, Eric Bullet, the, the guy from Kansas City. I can't really pronounce his name right now. Bellenemy. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, whether or not you have some other head coach right now that's probably going to, you know, do something or some hot – offensive coordinator you know let's see what Sam Darno has first with stuff around him as far as the Broncos go I mean we both called it they were going to lose there's no mistaking that at all 100% even Mike Vivola was on that as well you know this defense is atrocious we know this past defense even though Pierre Desir got two interceptions against uh who was it Brett Reiplin I want to say it's right. been absolutely crazy. It's been crazy. But, you know, the Jets find a way 
to make these third string guys look like all stars and they find a way to let you know defenses look like the 86 bears but you know it comes down to two things right now number one this pass defense sucks and number two the offensive line's been jowing a little bit here and there but for Adam Gates to put in Mekhi Becton when he was injured the wrong thing to do and with everything that's gone on with everything that's been said it's just a mess the Jets are a mess I can't believe I'm saying that but it's I'm Sean. You know me. I'm the most optimistic fan that there is, but but it's just it's gotten to a point right now with with the Jets where it's just like I'm gonna keep watching them. I don't care if they go home sixteen or whatever. I'm gonna keep watching them just because of the fact that it's something to do. I know this team. I know this roster right now. I want to see how this head coach plays out, and for the next guy that's gonna come in, and I want to see. Like we said earlier, like I've been saying earlier on this podcast, it's I want to see effort from these guys. That's it. When I don't care right now, zero and four. I don't care if they if they lose out on the next eight games and they go four and twelve or whatever it is. Show me effort. Show me some sort of growth with this team here in place. And you know the Cardinals are coming into town now. They have a very good wide receiving court with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you're going to see Kyler Murray look like he's Michael Vick going out there running, being that, being that run first quarterback that he is. And DeAndre Hopkins, I feel is going to burn torch the jets here this week. If you have a fantasy team that you're, that you're listening in right now, I suggest you go all in with DeAndre Hopkins, which you should. Same thing with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's going to probably throw for five touchdowns this week. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's crazy to say that. But it's right now with the way how the season's going, it's just an absolute dumpster fire in, in a train wreck. It, it, it really is. It's horrible. It's horrendous. And one other thing. For the people out there that say that – Trevor Lawrence is the answer next year, that whoever this new head coach is, you're going to have Trevor Lawrence there as the new quarterback if the Jets do, in fact, get the number one overall pick. He ain't changing anything. That head coach ain't changing anything. That new head coach that's going to go in ain't changing nothing. You want to know what's got to happen first and foremost? They have to get players in here that are going to want to be here. They're going to have to change the culture in the locker room. And that all starts from up top with Woody Johnson and Chris Johnson. And, you know, Joe Douglas is trying his best. Yes. But, you know, whoever the head coach is for the Jets next year and whoever the quarterback is, and I'm still on the Sam Darno bandwagon until, until otherwise. But right now it's not about, the player, it's about more of the culture and the fit, that's for sure. And Sam Darno isn't playing this week. Joe Flacco is, so go figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's what I was going to say. You know, Sam got hurt with uh, the shoulder. You give him credit that he came back in the game and tried his best to gut out that win. But you know what? You know, well, and, and outside of them not having the protection for Sam full yet, 
outside of them not having the guys for Sam to hand off the ball to and to throw the ball to, in terms of a whole, though, Sam Donald in his third season has now gotten hurt all three years. And he's starting to become that guy that he, oh, well, he's injury prone, he's injury prone, he's injury prone. And well, as much as Joe Douglas is a Adam Gase guy, if Adam Gase gets let go, gets let go, Sam Darnold is not Joe Douglas's guy. And if he wants to go with his own... I, I agree with that. Right, right. And if he wants to go with his own franchise guy, whether it's uh, Trevor um, Lawrence or Justin Fields or Kyle Trask, these big-time uh, college guys, well, that's not the route to go because I agree with you, but we can't blame them if they do. That's number one. Number two, Will, I agree with you. The defense is bad. And for all the terrible. resources that the Jets had in terms of draft picks, in terms of cap space, in terms of the trades they could have made, the fact that there's still so the fact that there's still so many holes on this team blows my mind because they addressed the offensive line. You had to do that. You had a very good draft. I feel like the Jets twenty twenty draft was one of the best drafts that any team any team has had. But those are the only two At that things. Time. Will, right. Right. But those were the only two things will that, that they got right. So it's like they had all the re some resources to 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 improve this team and they fell short. So yeah. And you know what too and you know what too with everybody on sports talk radio, whether it be B T or Joan Evan or even Mike Greenberg you know, the sky's falling with the Jets. Yes, we understand that. They're 0-4. And as fans that have been watching this team and this franchise for years, for the past 10 years, there's been no sustainability in the draft. And, Sean, you alluded to it. They hit a home run in the draft with some of the picks that they had. Unfortunately, with timing because of COVID, uh, you have players going out because of COVID. You know, one guy in particular that really stands out right now to me is Denzel Mims, and Mims hasn't seen the playing field at all this year. It's looking like he's not going to play this week. Uh, I know it's four weeks in, and I don't want to be bursting anybody's bubble or anything like that, but through four weeks, forget Stephen Hill for the Jets comparisons here. You know, when you're looking at second-round picks with wide receivers, Devin Smith, if this guy does not hit the playing field in his first year. And it's four games. I know that. But sometimes we all like to look ahead. And he doesn't hit the playing field this year. This guy is going to be like Devin Smith again. I'm telling you. This is not – it's not pretty. That's, that's low. That's like lowest of the low as far as being a Jets receiver goes. But you know what? Like I said, are there positives out of this, you know, no, there's there's none. And another thing, too, the tight ends have been non-existent. I don't get the play calling from Gase at all, trying to go out, out there and do it. Yes, some things Sam did. He had that nice run against Denver, but it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things, man, where you just look at the draft and you just say to yourself, man, it was just such a long time ago with in April, how everybody was so optimistic when you had C.J. Mosley, you had uh, Avery Williamson locked into – uh, all these multi-year deals. But the problem here, too, is you can't, on the outside, 
with, with these corners, you can't have these – you can't sign guys to one-year deals like Morris Claiborne did a couple of seasons ago, Pierre Desir this year. You need to go out there and draft something young, youth. And, yes, D. Milner was one of those guys, but, you know, like I said, Let's not hash up old wounds. They need to pick it up here as far as what's going to happen. Well said, well, well said. So they take on the Cardinals coming up. Jets on for Cardinals 2-2. Two and two. So we'll, 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 we will see what happens there, and we'll predict the game when we get to our picks. Well, going from gangrene to big blue, um, another competitive game, bro. The Jets flew all – I mean, the Jets. Sorry. The Giants the flew The Giants. The Giants, right. The Giants flew all the way out west to take on the Rams. Well, I think everybody thought this game was going to be like a 41-10 Rams win. The Giants kept it close all the way to the end, even having a chance to score and go for two to tie the game at the end. Daniel Jones gets picked, and they lose the game 17-9. to Well, outside of one game, outside of the San Fran game, the Giants have been in the other three games, the Pittsburgh game, the Chicago game, the Rams game. To me, the Giants' issue is a lack of talent, especially in the past couple of weeks. Saquon hasn't been there. Obviously, he's out for the year. So you're seeing the effort from them, and the defense really hasn't played bad outside of the San Fran game. The defense has actually played pretty, pretty well. Well, people laughed when Sean McVay said, you know, he's – that he's going to lose sleep trying to prepare for the, the, the defense. And a lot of people laughed. Sean McVay knew what he was talking about because the, the Giants did not make it easy on Jared Goff at, at, in any way, shape, or form, Will. So, well, obviously, the other New York team, Big Blue, they're 0-4, Will. From what you saw, from what you've read, from what you've heard, what's your take on the game that was with Big Blue, Will? From what I've seen, you know, the run game isn't going to be there for them with Devontae Freeman. He's going to have to take some time. He's going to take some time to fit in. And, you know, the offensive line has kind of found a way in regard to, you know, going out there and just doing it. And Daniel Jones, listen, you know, the defense has kept him in games, yes, but there is some. there were some points in time where Daniel Jones looked like he was – he was going to break a break something here, but ultimately the bottom line with the giants is Joe judge is keeping these guys competitive and Joe judge is finding a way to basically try to pump up his team and try and find ways to keep games close because Sean, this team could be three and one right now. This team could be two and two right now, one and three possibly, but and four, you know, you, you hit everything right on the head and, you know, with everything going on, you can't blame the coach being there. There's only so much that Daniel Jones can do. And this defense has been playing kind of sort of somewhat outside of the San Francisco game. Like you said, you know, you alluded to it. They're keeping them in games right now. So, realistically, guys like Blake Martinez and, and such, they are finding ways to go out and – you know, keep keep the games competitive. And this is without Saquon. So kudos to them. Really kudos to them for keeping it competitive. And like the Bengals last year, in which they lost by a couple by a score 
or not, you know, just being competitive at all. The Giants are going to be a scary, a scary team if they can get things right. And don't forget, the NFC East is a doozy right now. So it's still up for grabs. NFC East is really bad. Well, it's funny. I was actually thinking we that I think we should have another conversation with the Lake Lewis because, um, as we saw, the Washington football team made a move, Dwayne Haskins to the bench, and Kyle and Allen is now going to start. But, well, yeah, the NFC – well, they, this is crazy to say. The Giants could win the NFC East because – Yeah. <laughs> because that division is terrible, terrible. But, yep. well, it's too early to say that Joe Judge was is or was the right guy. But I think as a whole, even though they're 0-4, there's way more positives for the Giants than for the Jets. And things are trending more in the right direction for the Giants than for the Jets. So we have to wait and see there. I well, agree. I well, agree. Well, before we get to our pick spell, any, any, any storylines stick up from you from – Week four or just anything uh, storyline-wise? Uh, you know, we didn't talk about COVID hitting, hitting the league. I know I, I know you're tight. <laughs> yeah. And now Stephon Gilmore has COVID. And, you know, Cam Newton has COVID now. There, there's a lot of – and I mean this. There's, there's a lot of uncertainty uh, flying around the NFL this week. So, there, there is that. and. You know, thank God that there's no fans in the stands for some of the for most of these games because if you were to flex some of these games at the last minute with fans in the stands, not pretty. And for those people out there that have plans at all or anything like that, you can only imagine the uproar on social media. And my final thought here is, you know, from from the NFL, you look at everything that's going on right now, and in the NF in the NFC East specifically, you look at Dak Prescott having throwing over for a crazy amount of yards, right? But Mike McCarthy is getting a lot of heat because of what's going on uh, in this one in three Cowboys start. For those people out there that would say that Adam Gates is on the hot seat. I'm not saying that Mike McCarthy is on the hot seat in Dallas either, but if Mike McCarthy signed here with the New York Jets and he started off cold with everything going on, his seat would be much hotter than Adam Gase's right now if he was a coach in the New York Jets. But that's what if. That's all what if right now. My biggest takeaway is the is Mike McCarthy starting off the year a little bit cold. Maybe they would have started off a little bit hotter, of course, but again, a lot of a lot of things going on there for sure. And the Dallas Cowboys could be on for right now too. So we'll we'll see what happens there. Well, I have two uh, uh, storylines. My first uh, storyline: the Packers. I know they went twelve and four, thirteen and three last year, and they made it to the NFC Championship game. But I think everybody agrees that was more of a fluke. NFC Championship game appearance because I think everybody knew last season the Packers weren't that good. However, Will, the Packers are proven last season they were that good because they started off 4-0 and everybody was saying is Aaron Alrider's finished? Is he done? Is he finished? Is he done? Will, he's looking, he is a MVP uh, candidate right now. Four touchdowns on Monday night 
Will. He's he's playing well. So the Packers being four and oh. Also, Will, I think a lot of people forget New York doesn't have one team. New York doesn't have two teams. New York has three teams. Well, who would have thought the best team in the state of New York would be the Buffalo Bills? Well, but not only, yes, I mean, me and you did, yes, but they're 4 0. But, well, I don't want, but they're not my storyline. A player is my storyline. And it is not Josh and Allen, Will, who, if, who, if I can remind you and other Jets fans, Will, the Jets could have had him. But that's not, but, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yes, well, I know, I know. He wouldn't be doing the same thing because of the system and the quarterback. I know, I know, I know. But, well, I want to pinpoint one player. Stephon Diggs. When the Bills traded a first and a third for Stephon Diggs, everybody said, what the hell? They're giving up a bunch of picks for a number two guy. Right. Well, the Vikings wish they still had Stephon Diggs because Kirk uh, Cousins is not playing well. And, well, do you know who happens to be the NFL receiver uh, leader in terms of yards and yards per catch through the first four weeks, Will? Uh, Stephon Diggs? Ding, ding. Stephon Diggs is balling for the Buffalo Bills. And, well, how do I know this? He's on not one of my fantasy teams. He's on two of my fantasy teams, making me really, really good making that pick. So to the Buffalo Bills, because, Will, as we know, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, Will. (laughs) I want to give the third New York team, the forgotten New York team, some I love their Will. So, Will, if you don't have any more storylines, Will, let's get to some picks for week five. Will, I did not tally week week four i will have the tally next week of weeks three four and five i promise i definitely i promise that out all right well so let's get into the picks for week five will let's start off with tampa bay and chicago tomorrow thursday night buccaneers at chicago will battle of three and one teams who you got i go with tampa bay keep that one short and sweet well, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay as well. Well, I think they make it four in a row and Tom Brady's finding his uh, there, pal. Well, let's go to Sunday, a game that is on for now but could be postponed because of uh, COVID. Well, the Buffalo Bills are at my Tennessee the Titans. Well, if this game does take place, Bills at Titans, who you got? I'm going to go with the Titans here. Upset special. They're going to take down the 4-0 uh, Bills. And, you know, I like what Mike Vrabel's doing over there. And, you know, I, I have a lot of confidence and a lot of faith. And don't forget about this either. You know, yes, the Bills have a great run defense, but their pass defense is ranked 20, like in the, in the low 20s right now at this point in time. So I'm going to go with the upset here. I think the Titans find a way to upset the Bills. And – they, you know, the Bills go four and four and one. All right, and now I me mean, the Titans four and zero because they had the bye week, obviously because of COVID. Well, probably the least game that we care about this week. Well, the one and three Jacksonville Jaguars are at the zero and four. Newly fired their head coach, Houston Texans. Will Jaguars at Texans? Who you got? I'm gonna go with the Texans here. I think the Texans are gonna, you know, find a way. To, and I know Gardner Minshew is a talented player, and I know 
Jacksonville had had their ups and downs earlier in the year. But give me the Houston Texans just because of the fact that, A, they fired their head coach, and B, usually teams, they find a way to respond and have new life when their old head coach goes. And we've seen this prior. They play well for a new head coach in that situation. So give me the Texans here. Well, I agree with you. I'm going to go with Houston as well. I think that now that Bill O'Brien is out, I think they're going to play rejuvenated and refreshed, and I think they get the win there. So give me the Texans. Well, a very interesting game. The 1-3 and three Cincinnati Bengals are at the 3-1 and one Baltimore Ravens. Well, Bengals at Ravens, who you got? Go with the Ravens. I mean, if Lamar Jackson's healthy and he's upright, I think the Ravens have a shot. And, you know, that's not discrediting what the Bengals have done so far this season. I know Joe Burrow is trying to go out there and find a way he wants to win games. But Baltimore's defense is still adamant. I feel as if they still have that, you know, that we are family type of vibe. And give me Baltimore here to beat down on the Bengals in an, in an AFC North showdown. Well, I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. I'm going to take the Ravens, especially since they're at home, bro. Give me the Ravens there. Will a matchup of the NFC South, the 2-2 two and two Carolina Panthers are taking on the 0-4 Atlanta, the Falcons. Will Panthers and Falcons, who you got? I'm going to go with the Falcons here. I think they find a way to get their first win of the season. I know that, you know, with everything going on, the Panthers found a way to win two games and such, especially in Los Angeles against the Chargers. But I think Atlanta finds a way to break the schneid here, and they find a way to get their first win of the season. Still high-powered offense, just about. They still have all their guys. Can they close games out? I think they close this game out, and I think this is going to be a very close game indeed. This might be like one of those three, three-point, six-point games uh, in that span. So give me the Falcons here. Well, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Well, they've won two in a row. Teddy Bridge, uh, water is looking really, really well. Well, I think the Panthers make it three in a row on the road. Give me the Panthers over the uh, Falcons. Well, another interesting game, the 2-2 two and two Las Vegas uh, Raiders. They're at the 4-0 Kansas City Chiefs, who played on Monday instead of Sunday because obviously the Patriots had COVID. Well, Raiders at Chiefs, who you got? We're going to keep this one short and sweet here, although this game's going to be close too as well, I feel, up until this team that I'm about to pick calls away. Give me the Chiefs. Well, I'm saying the Chiefs too. I do agree with you. I think it's going to be closer than what the experts think, but I think Patrick Mahomes finds a way to get it done, so give me the Chiefs there. Well, I think we're going to keep this one short and sweet as well. The 2-2 two and two Arizona Cardinals. Next, next, <laughs> next, next, next. Cardinals next. Cardinals, Cardinals, next. I'm going to take the Cardinals there next. as well. well I'm going to take next. the Cardinals there. Well, next. Jets, onward, Jets are bad, bro. Jets are bad. Let's just leave it like that. Understood, pal. Understood. Well, the battle of Pennsylvania, the 1-2-1 one, one for the Delphia Eagles. They are at the 3-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Will, who wins the battle of PA, Philly or Pittsburgh? Short. And sweet here, Sean. Short and sweet here. Give me the Steelers 
we're going to keep it like that, Steelers. Yeah, well, I'm, I think the Steelers get the job done as well. Give me Pittsburgh there. Well, the three and one Los Angeles Rams fly back east to take on the one and three Washington football team who made a quarterback change that I said. Will the Rams at Washington, who you got? Rams. You kidding? Ram- Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey going up against a third-string quarterback here? Come on. Rams. Yeah, well, short and sweet. Even though they didn't look good last week, I think the Rams get back on track in this one. Well, plus I'm starting Jared Goff, so I need him to put up some There you go. Here. There you go. So give me the Rams. Well, well, another very interesting game. The one and three Miami Dolphins go all the way west to take on the two and two San Francisco 49ers. Well, Dolphins at San Fran. Who you got? Gonna go Dolphins here. Gonna go Dolphins. I feel as if uh, Brian Flores is keeping his team close. I feel as if Brian Flores and company, this team finds a way to just be competitive and the San Francisco 49ers yes they're playing at home but they're on their third string guys right now and say what you want and yes you're going to have your young wide receivers coming back in into play here but I, I I I like Miami here I do I really like Miami just going in there with Ryan Fitzpatrick and just finding a way ultimately to to win this game in San Fran Miami on the road well I agree with you or make this my upset uh, special. I think the Dolphins are going to go on the road and beat uh, San Fran. Well, San Fran is beat up everywhere. Now, there, there was a chance Jimmy G could come back and Raheem uh, Mostert could come back. Well, but I don't think either or will make a difference. Give me the Dolphins on the road. Upset special. Well, to get to the four o'clock games now, the 0-4 Giants are at the 1-4 Dallas Cowboys. Well, Giants at Cowboys in Jerry World. Who you got? This is tough because both teams, Very the tough. records is the the records are similar, but you know Joe Judge, uh, offensive coordinator now, uh, who was the head coach last year for them? He got fired. I want to forget his name. Um, uh, Jason Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, yeah. Jason Garrett's now the offensive coordinator there. I'm gonna go. You know what? I'm gonna go Cowboys. I originally I was going to go Giants. I was feeling Jason Garrett, but the personnel here, when, when you have Prescott with all three of those receivers still, give me Dallas. Give me Dallas. Well, I think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the week. I, like, I agree. I think this is going to be like 41 37. Will, give me the Giants to get their first win. I really? Think the better wow. defense wins and the Giants have the better defense right now. Okay. And well it's I think the Giants are due for a win and Jerry World. Well the last time the Giants beat the Cowboys in Dallas was the first ever game there when they when Eli went in and beat uh the uh, Dallas. I've got what year that was, but that was the last time they beat You know what? You know what? Switch my pick. I'm gonna go with Giants fifty two. All right. Because, that, because it's like, it's, you, you know, it's like one of those things where you said it, they're due and, you know, they, they just do it again. Give me Giants. Give me Giants. All right. So me and Will are taking the Giants there. Will the one and three Broncos taking on the 
two and two New England Patriots. Well, Broncos are Patriots. Who you got? Wow. And this is with no. Uh, this, this this is with no Cam Newton, right? Cam yeah, Newton's uh, still out. Correct, because he has to set out uh, uh, two games. So no lock for the Broncos and no Cam for the Patriots. You go first. I want to hear. I want to hear your pick first. I think it's this be, is tough. I think it's going to be a defensive scrum, but I think the Patriots find a way to gut out a 13-10, 14-10 type of game. So, you mean the Patriots, especially since they're playing at home. Patriots at home. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Patriots here too. Yeah. Uh, I think this is going to be a like it's going to be a close game up until like the final couple minutes. I think New England pulls away late, and maybe Jared Stenham does something here for for uh, the first time. But we'll see what happens. So give me the Patriots. All right, me and Will take the Patriots. Well, I did not think in Week Five I'll be saying this is the game of the week, but this is the game of the week. Well, the three and one Indianapolis Colts are at the three and one Cleveland. Browns <laughs> three and one at three and one. Will Colts at Browns 425 on Sunday? Will who you got? Browns. I'm really feeling the Browns here on this. I think with everything that's going on with Philip Rivers and, and such, and what the Colts went through the first four weeks of the season, especially going up against the Jets and dominating a team in which didn't really look that well. They, they played great, don't get me wrong. The Colts played great, but now. You go up against a, a rejuvenated Baker Mayfield. You have Odell Beckham catching footballs from Jarvis Landry, of all people. <laughs> uh, do, are you going to see that stuff again this week? Probably not. But Nick Chubb is out, too, for the rest of the year, I want to say. But they still have they still have the other running back from Kansas City that got released. Uh, why am I forgetting his name now? Kansas City, they got uh... – Kareem Hunt. Yes, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. So I expect Kareem Hunt to go out there and do it. Give me the Browns. Give me the Browns at home. Yeah, well, I'm going to take the Browns as well, specifically because the Colts have not played an offense as good as the Browns. And, Will, everybody was like, oh, OBJ needs to get traded. OBJ needs to get traded. Kevin Stefanski, give him some credit. He's found a way to utilize OBJ with these long passes, these double passes. This, these are uh, jet sweeps, so on and so forth. Well, so give me the Browns yeah. at home. Well, Sunday night football, the one and three Minnesota Vikings taking on the four and O oh Seattle Seahawks. Well, up in the great north, will Vikings at Seattle? Who you got? I'm gonna go Seattle. I'm gonna go Seattle here. I think this is gonna be a very close game. I think that you're gonna probably see a a lot of Dalvin Cook. I think you're going to see a lot of no Jamal Adams for this game coming in. So this is going to be pretty interesting. But I think Dalvin Cook's going to try and run all over. But ultimately, Russell Wilson's still one of the best. So give me the Seahawks on Sunday night. Yeah, well, sure. And Sweden won the, um, there, there was no way that Kirk Cousins was going into Seattle and beating Russell uh, Wilson. So give me the Seahawks. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Seahawks get it done. 
Will, last but not least, the on Monday night football, the one and three Los Angeles Chargers are in New Orleans to take on the two and two New Orleans Saints. Will Justin Herbert is 20. Will Drew Brees was 20 when Justin Herbert was born. <laughs> He's 40. That is crazy. That is beyond nuts, Will. Will, do you have the rookie or the vet Chargers at Saints? Who you got wrapping up picks? Didn't think the Saints were going to look that good, but they found it, you know, not that good, but be surprisingly this bad. Um, the Chargers, though, have been really like a storyline within themselves, keeping it close with Tom Brady and company, uh, basically being out on the road again. This is a tough game, man. And this is going to be a great Monday night football game. Give me the Saints at home. I think you're going to see a lot of growing pains here from Justin Herbert, and he's going to learn a lot from his mistakes here going up against some of the best quarterbacks uh, in his rookie year. So give me the Saints at home on Monday night. Herbert is going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. Um, you can make a case the Chargers should have won that game. The Chargers had the Buccaneers beat. Uh, last week, but the defense right. was imploding and Tom Brady came back. Now he gets Drew Brees. Well, Justin Herbert is getting baptized every single week. So we have to see what happens there. But well, yeah. I think even though there's no crowd, there's just something about the Saints at, at home. I, I know they lost to Green Bay, but that's Green Bay. I think yeah. the Saints rebound at home and they beat the Chargers. So well, those are the picks for week five. And like I said, I promise to you and to everyone else, I'll have the up-to-date five week total next week for our next show. Well, before we end the show, we got to squeeze in a little baseball talk, a little MLB talk. The New York Yankees, as we know, they made it two in a row over uh, Cleveland in the, the wildcard round. And now they flew out west to the bubble to San Diego. Well, I think this is a pretty nice place to be locked in. Well, Calabasas, California. <laughs> I think that's a very nice place to just be, you know what I'm saying, uh, locked in. That's where they are. Well, they won you know, Monday night, putting up nine runs and, and, you know, and Stanton going deep with the Grand Slam. Well, however, they got beat last night. Stanton did homer again, but they weren't able to contain the Rays O and they lost last night. The pivotal game three is tonight, especially in a best of five game three is always the, either the closing game or the swing game. Will, what's your take on the Yankees in the playoffs so far? Number one and number two, Will, Davey Garcia came in for one inning. He got taken out. J.A. Happ came in and shit the bed. Twitter was in a firestorm last night, Will. What's your take on the Bronx Bombers? Well, first and foremost, with the Yankees, you know, I didn't have them beating Cleveland. They found a way to beat Cleveland. You, but you kind of sort of expect them, whenever Gary Cole goes out there, it's basically a win. It's a win. And as a Yankee fan saying that, that's huge. But, you know, there, there are holes on this team. And for everybody out there that keeps on talking about the Yankees as if, they could go out there, win games and such with, with the home run. Once once you face really good pitching in, in the offseason, we've seen it year in and year out. We have seen Yankee lineups get neutralized that had some 
Hall of Fame names on them over the course of 15, 20 years. It gets shut down. And because of the fact that we're playing in a bubble, because of the fact that the ball's probably juiced and, you know, the weather's warm in San Diego, so the ball's probably traveling further, blah, 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 blah. The bottom line here is with this team right now, 1-1, you had an opportunity to go out there and win game two last night. They didn't. And realistically, if there's a blame for the loss in game two, we're not going to talk about game one with the loss here, uh, with the win, excuse me. But in game two, you look at everything going on right now, and this is what I hate about analytics. Why is it that you have to go out and have have a guy go for an inning. And I know the Rays do it, and the Rays are successful, but the Rays find a way to go out and throw out names. You know, why go out there and have Debbie Garcia pitch an inning? And then, whether it be Hap or Montgomery or whoever it is, why not just have Hap go the first inning or two and then have Garcia go in there and and be that guy. I don't understand it from Aaron Boone's perspective. And, you know, when you look at the Yankees right now, as far as what's going on, um, this is an all or nothing team. This is an all or nothing team, meaning they are going to win with a home run or they're going to lose without hitting a home run. And for me, it's just mind boggling how this team caught a break in game two of that wild, in that, wild card round against Cleveland in game in game two with Aaron Hicks hitting a fly ball over Delano to Shields in which the Shields mis- misread the play and they wound up capitalizing on it with walks and grand slam but you're not going to get that from Tampa Bay and you you know Kevin Kiermaier is not Delano to Shields you know they have guys out there that are solid baseball players in you know, make no mistake about it. They are solid baseball players. But the one thing that kills me with them is they just rely on the home run too much. And, you know, you're going to see it again uh, periodically. And you're going to see Aaron Boone make some questionable decisions as to which who should be in the lineup or not. Clint Frazier should be in the lineup in game in games one and two. He's young kid, fast hands, hot at the plate. I understand Brett Gardner. We made the case for him last week. But, hey, Clint Frazier hit a home run last night. He's going to play in game one. Excuse me. He's going to have the fast hands. He's contact hitter. That's it. You know, he can show it. But But when you're the Yankees and the strength was the bullpen, now it's their, like, their weakness at this point in time. It is absolutely crazy to think that but make no mistake about it Sean if I'm the Yankees right now 1-1 if they don't win this game tonight with Masahiro Tanaka on the mound and Aaron Boone pulls him after four to five innings if he's not having it instead of just letting him go out there and throw and pitch the Yankees are done if if they lose tonight they are done make no mistake they are done well, and, and, and you know what, and, and watching them, you know, Cleveland and the Twins never beat them in the post a season. So I wasn't too concerned <laughs> when they played them. 
obviously when you draw Tampa Bay, you know, Tampa Bay had all this uh, regular season uh, 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 success, but the playoffs is a different beast. And the Yankees have been obviously there more than Tampa Bay. But, but with that being said, well, game one, the Yankees came out, the bats got hot, they got to Blake Snell, got him out the game, and they did what they had to do. And last night in game two, well, I agree with you. Davey Garcia, yeah, he gave up the run. Why even start him if you were only going to play pitch him for one? And then you mean to tell me that the only backup plan you had was J-Hap? Like, you had to have a better plan in terms of a, another starter coming in or somebody else out the pen or whatever the case was. And to me, well, maybe giving up that run was what needed to, to take place because maybe, well, we would never know. Maybe that's what he needed to settle him down and maybe he and maybe from the second on he would have been able to pitch better and throw the ball better blah 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 so i do think that's right i do think that analytics do get analytics do get involved way too much i do think that aaron boone overthought the game way too much uh yesterday and but well the good news is this John Carlo Stan is heading at the perfect time. Yes. Heading hot at he the is. perfect time. And that's what you need. Because, well, I don't care what Tampa Bay does. And I know they got the pitchers, Snell and Yarborough and Glasnow, who pitched very well uh, last night. But, well, if the Yankees are heading like that and their big bats are on fire, like Stanton is and like Hicks is and Judge and so on and so forth, I don't think – the Yankees can't be beat. So, well, it's a pivotal game. They got Tanaka on the mound against Charlie um, Morton. So, we shall see. But, well, I think the Yankees are good. And, well, I'll go out on a limb and say this. If the Yankees beat Tampa Bay, whether it's in four games or five games, the Yankees are going to the, the World Series because the A's are about to get swept. And there is no way in hell I see the Yankees losing to Houston. I mean, there is no way in hell I see that taking place. So I think that if the Yankees could get past Tampa Bay, well, I think you could punch punch their uh, ticket for the World Series. But we'll obviously we have to wait and see what takes place tonight with Game Three. Yeah, let's definitely see what happens tonight with Tanaka going out the mound and. You know, with everything that's going on, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to say the very least. So, I'm definitely looking forward to Game Three. And speaking of uh, games that happen, the Braves beat the Marlins, so they're up two games to none right now in their respective series. Uh, you know, the Athletics I think hit four home runs today, and I think they, if I'm not mistaken, right now as I look at the scores for this. They're tied up at four. Okay. And then the later games going on and such. So it is definitely going to be an interesting case. Make no mistake about it, bro. So it's uh, it's going to be fun. But And then tonight, the Dodgers, they look good against San Diego. So we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, it's going to be very interesting, Sean. I know that. Well, I agree with you there. It definitely will be interesting as well. And obviously, as a fan of the Mets, I'm 
watching all all of this, waiting for the official word that Steve Cohen is the owner of the team and that Sandy Alderson is the president. However, Will, and before we go, last week, Mike uh, Vivolo, who obviously is a friend of the show and a friend of you and mine, he brought up a name, and I thought it was far-fetched, but I did some uh, research, and it, and it may not happen. I doubt it will, but I hope it does. I did not realize that Theo and Epstein's contract expires at the end of 2021, and Theo and Epstein, in his exit press conference after, after, the, after they were swept, said Cubs fans need to embrace not a rebuild, but I think he said it was like a re-shuffle, uh, I, I think is the word uh, that he used. Well, I don't think the Cubs are going to let a man with one year left on his deal reshuffle the organization, especially when they haven't even engaged in extension talks on his deal. Well, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, if Theo Epstein, who, who, is, who was born and raised and went to school in New York, a fellow New uh, uh, Yorker, if he becomes free, I, if I'm Steve Cohen, I pump the brakes on making Sandy the president, and I at least give Theo Epstein a call, because this man's track record is outstanding. He turned around Boston when they were cursed for years. Boston, outside of the World Series ring um, uh, 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 two years ago, Boston hasn't been the same uh, since he left. And then the Cubs, I mean, Will, this man turned around two franchises that were cursed. Cursed. And I'm not saying the Mets are cursed. I mean, Will, at this point, we probably are. But well, if Theo Epstein could somehow become the president or the GM of this team, I think that is the way to go. And you give him a blank check. Steve Cohen, you give Theo Epstein a blank check and let him sign for whatever he wants. What's your let's take? See what, well, let's see what happens. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet. Let's see what happens here because, you know, if the, you know, the Ricketts family comes out and gives Theo Epstein the money, that he wants he's gonna obviously stay because that's what he comes down that's what always comes down to his money with some of these things but uh you know if it does if it does happen and you know you're looking at it, the president of operations with sandy alderson you know it's not that bad of a thing because sandy brought brought them to the world series it's just that they went up against the really hot kansas city royals team that just wound up being better and they wanted to win after what happened in the year prior in 2015 so there's that and he basically you know after after he left and after the you know 2016 2017 after he stepped down and Brody took over it, it it's it, it hasn't been pretty and you can talk about the trades you can talk about the, the pitching and such but you know it does start off with the culture but Everybody loves Sandy here in New York, and make no mistake about it with everything that's going on. Uh, would I be surprised if Theo Epstein came to New York a little bit? But if there's a challenge out there and he's willing to accept it, that's that is definitely a a huge a huge thing. So we'll see what happens as far as uh, Theo Epstein going into the Mets goes in the future. 
All right, Will, before we end the show, any final thoughts, Bob? Yeah, I saw you barking at me on Twitter the, last night with the with the, <laughs> with the LeBron James quote with the Lakers. Would I be happy if they win? Yeah, but I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't be as enthused because I haven't really gave the NBA uh, much thought this whole bubble with everything that's gone on, uh, you know, but make no mistake about it, Sean. It's great that the Lakers are in it. It's great that the Lakers are about to – they're on the verge of winning their first NBA Finals since 2010 and hoisting that Larry O'Brien trophy up. And, of course, you're going to talk about them winning it for Kobe and Gianna and LeBron James was on a mission after that. And You know, for me, though, it's just – when you see and you hear about LeBron James over and over and over again, and especially when ESPN keeps on dragging this guy's name through the fire like it's nothing, you know, you're going to have the LeBron fans, you're going to have the LeBron haters and such. And Am I a LeBron hater? No. But do I – I personally, over the past couple of months – it, LeBron James has turned me off. He has, but that's for a different reason. But, uh, you know, it, it's just crazy. You know, the, the attitude, the arrogance, and then the whole Anthony Davis saga that's swirling around this team. Is he going to resign here? Is he not? You know, the trade is basically being hinged on if the, if the Lakers resign him. And if those three guys in New Orleans do absolutely well in Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and those two other first-round draft picks that are there, if Anthony Davis decides to go back to Chicago or if he goes to New York or wherever, the trade's a failure. And, they don't, and, they, and the Lakers didn't learn from their mistake. Now, if you win the championship, great. But you can only do so much in, in the interim right now that the whole thing is trying to build up team success and seeing what happens here. Because remember, in, in 2013, when Dwight Howard left, when Dwight Howard left, the Lakers were in shambles. They were. And they couldn't get over that. And Steve Nash wasn't the same player that he was. So, you know, that that similarity alone is just not – it always plays out in my mind if if Anthony Davis doesn't resign, it's going to be the same exact thing, like with what happened with Dwight Howard back in 2013 when he went to the Rockets. So we'll see what happens, Sean. So that's that's my final thought. I'm I'm not a big I'm happy if the Lakers win, but I'm not as enthused as I was back when I was a kid and back when I was back when Kobe Bryant was still alive. So. That, that that's that that's that with that well i well i have a response to you but i'm going to save it for the next show because <laughs> i'm a little uh pressed for time but i do have a response to your final thought well in terms of my final thought no final thoughts hopefully this covid stuff for the titans and for everybody goes away so we can see everybody playing because i miss my team seeing them on the yeah team, so hopefully that goes well so for my partner, William Shirucci, a.k.a. Will C., who just turned the big 3-0. Happy <laughs> birthday again, Will. You're getting hey. old, Will. Uh, so are you. 
No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> For my partner, William Trucci, a.k.a. Rule C, I'm your host, Sean Thomas, a.k.a. Shawnee on the mic, and Sean T. For On The Board Sports, we miss you all. We love you all. Peace out.